Good morning and welcome to your favorite Friday morning podcast, Conversations with Buddy, brought to you by The Wreck, way more than a bowling alley. We give you the ability to connect each week with our guests because we believe people matter, you matter. We are grateful to all the listeners who take the time each week to hear the stories of our guests. Please help us grow the show by taking a moment right now and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Our purpose of this podcast is to impact the world one testimony at a time. My guest this morning is Matthew Hansen. Welcome, Matthew. Hey, thanks for having me. Dude, thanks for being here, man. Hey, uh, so we've known each other, what, how many years? Whew. Seven? Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Man, I can recall the weekend, so I don't know how far I can go back, but <laughs> I'm glad you can. <laughs> so I was thinking, did you go skiing this weekend? Yeah. You did? Yeah, well, Friday. Friday. Yeah. A little skip work and- Go skiing. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, you gotta have priorities. Do you normally like work four days and take Fridays off? I I usually work four and a half days. So like Fridays are half days for me. Ooh, come yeah. on. Yeah. I like that. We're gonna talk about that. Oh yeah. It was a beautiful day up there. Oh my gosh. What what do you ski mostly? Uh mostly meadows, but I, I had some timberline tickets. Uh okay. Yeah, Cyber Monday deals. Three for one. You gotta take advantage. Took uh took my sons. It was fun. All three of them. No, just two. Two, two of them. Three, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you and you're a snowboarder. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, hey, let's dive in real quick. I'm just going to introduce you real quick, sure. so people get to know who Matthew is, and then we'll dive into. I got lots of good questions for you. So sounds great. All right. So here's what you say. I've been an Oregonian all my life. Married to lovely Hannah for six years. Awesome. You're the father of three young men, ages 19, 21, 22 and a half. Give me their Names as well, I guess youngest old since that's why. Yeah, yeah. Youngest is Oliver, Ollie, and uh, middle is Aiden, and oldest is Rohan. Dude, those are cool names, man. Yeah, thanks. I love kids, and I know they're they're young men, but uh, be great to meet them someday. Yeah, they're good guys. So, we'll, we'll come back and talk about your boys real quick. How do you um, hang out with them and stuff? I know you went uh, skiing with them this weekend, but is that something you would normally do? Uh, we'll come back to that in a moment. Sure. Okay, so you are Cutco Hall of Fame rep. That's pretty cool. 23 years in business. 14 years you've been working with realtors and loan officers. Yep. Okay. You've been a Christian, born again since 18 years old. That sound about right? Yep. Okay. You enjoy a variety of sports, including snowboarding, surfing, hiking, tennis, pickleball, and mountain biking. It, it's interesting. Pickleball... Seems like this fad that's now all of a sudden blown up. Absolutely. Wow. I, I, I wouldn't call myself a pickleball player yet, but I dabble with uh, some church friends. And it's really fun. I, I was skeptical at first. but Yeah. yeah well, why, a, why skeptical? Oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a te- I've played tennis since high school. And uh, you kind of like, oh, pickleball is like, oh, this, you know, not a real sport. So I want to be tennis player. Yeah, but it absolutely is a real sport. There's like guys going pro. And one of my clients, uh, her son is pro over in uh, Central Oregon. So No kidding. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a really fun sport and anyone can pick it up. So I really Is like this it. person over in Bend or Redmond or? Yeah, actually down, uh, yep, Bend. Bend, mm-hmm. okay. Bend okay. proper, yeah. Well, you're definitely an active guy. Uh, the last thing you write down is uh, you love travel, including uh, one international trip per year, usually. You got to win that one though, right? Uh, you know what? I do win quite a few of those, um, but some of the trips are just, my wife and I decide to go and 
I actually decided to take each of my uh, sons when they graduated high school individually to somewhere international. Um, and that was something I, I came up with maybe seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and saved for, and, and, uh, there's a fun story around one of those trips too. We could. Well, start about. there, man. I, I love to hear the stories, man. Let's talk about your, your boys and yeah. how you, you, uh, interact with them. And so tell us about the trips when they got out of high school, where you took them. Yeah. So my, my oldest Rohan, uh, he, you know, he and I really wanted to go to Europe. Uh, and at that time I was also, uh, newly married to Hannah okay. when he was graduating in high school. And so, uh, in 2018, I actually, uh, won, uh, one of Cutco's highest awards, or I think it is their highest reward, uh, a Rolex, uh, Submariner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, a very, you know, expensive watch. And, uh, I'm not, a, not too much of a watch guy. I, I do wear a watch, but, uh, you know, I have my priorities. So after winning that, uh, three days later, I sold it and I, I took my uh, son and Hannah to Europe and we went through, boy, four, four different countries and about two and a half weeks. And wow. uh, yeah, it was money well spent. So, well, you know, I've always, I've heard this too. I'll tell you a quick story here in a moment, but I want, after you tell the rest of yours, but it's, you know, pain for memories is better than pain for trinkets, basically. Yep. In a way, a watch is, yeah, they're cool, but- it's more of a trinket. It's not a memory. So good call on that. Oh yeah. Those memories are locked in. It's totally, totally. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So two and a half weeks in Europe. What, uh, what countries? Yeah. So we flew into Copenhagen, uh, and stayed with friends outside of Copenhagen mm -hmm. in like a 200 year old thatched, uh, roof home that they own. Uh, this is, uh, uh Jenny and her family, uh, over there that we hosted as, as kids. Uh, my parents would host, uh, international students. And uh, Jenny was one of those international uh, exchange students, and so we still keep in touch. She, she, and her and and Yepe, her husband, and and two of their kids are going to come visit this summer. But uh, we went and stayed with them outside of Copenhagen. I think it's Faxiladapladen, uh, if I remember correct, <laughs> the name. Uh, and so we we had a great time there. Uh, swam the sea with them, traveled around a little bit in, hmm. in, uh, outside, in, outside of Copenhagen. Uh, and then we went from there, uh, we hopped a plane and flew to Frankfurt, uh, Germany. Uh, and, uh, it spent, an, uh, I have a friend named Steve and he married a German named Doris and they lived for many, many years, um, outside of Frankfurt in a small town. So we went and stayed with them, uh, for, you know, I don't know, a few days mm -hmm. and, uh, explored some great little German towns. My friend had to work, so he would just drop us off at these random towns Dude, and we cool would just that? explore. It was so fun. Yeah. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. It was really, really fun. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then from there, uh, we went down to, ooh, what was the third country? Um, sorry, my memory is not perfect because okay. I've had three concussions. That's a, a, one of them being a, a traumatic brain injury. So that's a separate that's a, issue, but, uh, um, but yeah, so the, the third country, if I recall, um, boy, famous beer, Belgium, of course. Okay. Belgium, chocolate, beer, okay. wonderful. We, uh, chocolate so, beer, man. Yeah. We went to a big beer, beer festival. My son was 18, so he could go into and, and, uh, we're not really drinkers much, but we, we, we enjoyed a beverage and, and, uh, that right in the, the heart of Belgium was yeah. amazing. Uh, and then, uh, from there we went to Amsterdam and uh by train and uh, my friend uh, uh <laughs> eric uh he lives he's always lived there and he was an exchange student when i was a high, uh, high school senior my entire senior year uh we had eric 
uh, with us. And uh, so he's like, I call him my Dutch brother. Hmm. Uh, so he lives in Amsterdam with with his wife and kids. And we we spent the last few days there. And it was just absolutely amazing uh, time. Amsterdam is is beautiful city, hmm. wonderful city. So yeah, uh, that just went, I, I've always wanted to go to Europe since I was a little kid. Uh, my parents, was that your first time then going? First time to Europe. Yeah. My parents had, had been to Europe many times Yeah, and uh, it just never worked out for me to go. Yeah. But uh, boy, oh my gosh, I, I, I wet my appetite. I'm, I'm dying to go back. It's going to be fun. So just real quick, I'll just interject. Uh, so when my girls graduated from high school, we would say, Hey, mm -hmm. you get to go anywhere in the world you want to go. Yeah. And so my oldest daughter, Emily, she, we stayed stateside. We went to New Orleans and New York City and made like 12 to 14 days, something like that. Fun. My younger daughter, Molly, said, hey, let's let's try out Italy. So we flew into uh, actually France. We stayed in Paris for like four or five nights. And then we went over to Venice for a couple nights, rode the train down to uh, Florence for four or five nights. We ended in Rome for three nights. Wow. And like you, I just what our appetite now. I just been dying to go back, but that was the only time we've ever been. So Oh yeah. It's uh everyone should put it on their bucket list. They okay. Can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, absolutely uh breathtaking beauty and yeah. history and culture. So tell us about your other boys. Where where'd you take them? Yeah, and so Aiden, when he graduated, it was uh <laughs> during COVID. So uh we really couldn't travel internationally. So we uh we went up to Alaska and um Alaska was so fun. Uh, <laughs> so we flew in, of course, to Anchorage and uh, high school buddy of mine, Scott, loaned us his brand new uh, Toyota uh, Tundra. He was out of town. He's like, just take the keys. Oh. So we had the keys for nine days uh, and just drove all around the Kenai Peninsula. And uh, we went, you know, we got to see Denali from a distance. Uh Got to uh, paddle around uh, a, a canoe this in, in Denali. And it was just you and him at that time. No, no. Actually, Hannah went with us, but okay. she, she okay. wasn't on this particular canoe excursion. Gotcha. It gotcha. was uh, quite cold, socked in. It was August, but, yeah. but Alaska is Alaska. It's cold. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. this was the first, too. I'd never been to Alaska in my life. It was just gorgeous. Huh. Uh, so, yeah, paddled around there. We went uh, uh, fishing out of Homer, uh, and that was a 12 hour excursion itself. That was fun. Uh, Aiden caught one of two salmon uh, that whole day. And then everyone on board limited out with halibut. So that was a highlight for sure. Wow. And uh, yeah, just enjoyed, enjoyed, uh, yeah, the whole Kenai Peninsula. Mm. And we actually, one of the fun things, and this was Hannah's idea, we were, we were traveling uh, past uh, near Palmer Glacier. And there was a, uh, a sign that you could just uh, hire a pilot to, to take you up in a uh, pontoon boat, I guess, the mm -hmm, ones that land mm -hmm, on lakes. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, let's just do it. So we just we just <laughs> hired this guy right on site and he flew us over Palmer Glacier and over these mountains and just like all around. It was just absolutely stunning. Wow. And we gave Aiden the front seat. So he's riding with the pilot and I can still picture his smile on my face. It's no like, kidding. Yeah, that, that's a memory is locked in. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What a trip, man. Literally. All yeah. right. Then your your youngest son. <laughs> yeah, youngest son Oliver. Yep. Okay. Yep. Ollie. Yep. Oliver. Yep. We took him to Peru with us. Uh, so wow. uh, my my wife uh, comes from a, a full missionary family. Mm -hmm. uh, they grew up in Papua New Guinea and just adventurous, people, yeah. adventurous folks. So uh, so her brother and sister and their families lived down in Peru for uh, ten years and seven years respectively. And um, their time down in Peru was coming to a close and we knew it. So we we flew down, stayed with them 
and travel around Lima. Uh, uh, Oliver, he uh, he's learning to surf as well. So oh. so we we uh, went surfing with Dan, her brother, at three different locations in Peru. That was outstanding. And uh, and then we went up to, uh, of course, Machu Picchu. We had to go there. Yeah, so that was, yeah. yeah. It's a journey within a journey just to get up there. It's crazy. Right. Uh, but Cusco is is a beautiful historic city and. Uh, yeah, just uh, just don't eat the rodents. Okay. <laughs> what, what would happen if you ate the rodents? Oh, yeah, I was uh, very sick to my stomach. Okay. <laughs> I ate, uh, I forgot what the rodent was, but it was, yeah, don't, don't eat do the it. rodents. Don't do it. <laughs> it's a gourmet, a, a delicacy up there, but not for not us so much. Americans. <laughs> no. Well, it sounds like you guys have done a lot of travel in the last six years or so. We have, yeah. Every year pretty, we've, we've pretty traveled. Amazing. Yeah, we love to travel, you know, domestically as well, but yeah. it's, a, it's a priority. We just like to get away this... This summer we're going up to, to BC. Um, uh, my wife's never been to Victoria, uh, British Columbia, yeah. so uh, we're just going to travel up there. The boys have never been there, so we're going to- Where you go, man. Yeah, I got to get away somewhere. That's cool. Yeah. Well, take me back a little bit. I want to get to know a little bit more about Matthew. I know Matthew as a Cutco guy. Mm -hmm. uh, you're a super likable guy. That's why I like doing business with you, uh, which I think is how you win. People just like you, personally. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> I hope so. Well, take me back, you know, what was life like growing up? Where'd you grow up at? What high school, you know, grade yeah. school, high school did you go to? What was your mom and dad like? Yeah. And then how does that uh, help you with who you are today? How, how did that all happen? Yeah. So uh, I was born against my will. In, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was uh, born in 1972 in Eugene, Oregon. Really? Are yeah. you a duck fan? Yeah. Well, I got to be. Right? You got to be, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the first two uh, years of my life, I was in Eugene. Uh, my dad graduated law school at UO. Uh, and uh, actually, uh, my brother and sister are also alumni of U of O. No and my, my oldest son is going to U of O. So there's some, some Dude, def you're definitely deep, duck. Man. Yeah, definitely uh, some deep, deep uh, history there okay. in Eugene. Um, and so when, when I was uh, two, they moved us to McMinnville. And I grew up uh, in the same house, which is kind of rare these days, I think, but the same house from uh, grade school through high school. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was walking distance to the McMinnville High School, go Grizzlies. and uh, Too cool. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I had a really great upbringing, you know, like my childhood was uh, just, you know, running amok in the 80s, you know, mm -hmm. back in the era when your, your mom would just be like, hey, you know, when it's dark, come in for dinner, you know. Yeah, be home for dinner. <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. So we would just run amok in the neighborhood. And I was in every every fad you can think of in the 80s from, you know, BMX to skateboarding was really influential uh, in my life. Um, and, and I was just very active as a kid. Hmm. So I didn't really, you know, get sucked into TV too much. I was like, always wanting to be outside, always wanted to be doing something. So hmm. I pretty much signed up for every sport you can imagine from, uh, you know, all the team sports to, I, I varsityed in diving, um, in, in high school. So cool. I was on well, the dive team and, um, what else was, yeah, just a, a great childhood. I, I, uh, you know, my parents aren't perfect. Like all, really? of, all of us. Yeah. Huh, and, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my mother, uh, she's a nurse, uh, uh, she's obviously retired now, but, um, yeah, uh, my mom, she, she, uh, cared so much about upbringing, you know, like raising us that she took like a few years off of nursing mm -hmm. to, just to raise us in, when we were really young. And yeah. then, um, and she would work mainly part-time, but, uh, um, sometimes full-time and my dad being an attorney, he was, you know, full-time, yeah, but, uh, yeah. but my dad, he really instilled, uh, and his, his name, uh, is Berndt. So it's very Norwegian name. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I'm a quarter Norwegian. So, okay. yeah. so my whole right leg is Norwegian. 
it. I love it. And uh, yeah, so he's uh, my mother's Carol, and uh, and she's still alive. My dad passed about five years ago. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to ask that question. Yeah, that was. So they it. were married all the way up until your dad passed. Yeah, yeah, and I've had. Um, even though I had a, like a great childhood, um, and I'd say my, uh, you know, my dad really instilled a love for the outdoors and adventure, and yeah. you know he, you know he climbed Mount St. Helens before it exploded, and you oh, know wow. just like he was, he was a real adventurous guy, um, not like extreme, you know, but oh. but uh, but he was always getting into trouble in the outdoors and taught us how to do so as well, <laughs> which is probably why you love the outdoors as well. Yeah, I think because really every time is. I see you on Facebook. You're up skiing or snowboarding. Yeah, I, I love the outdoors. I, I just, you good, know. Good I, for you. Yeah, it's a, it's God's world. <laughs> it's it is beautiful. totally God's world. Yeah. Okay, so diving was your sport in high school. What else did you, you said you did other sports as well? Yeah, I mean, I was on the tennis team okay. uh, in high school as well. Um, but, uh, and I did not excel at the team sports. I'm, I'm uh, kind of that classic individual, you know, yeah. do my own thing kind of guy. But um, I think the Lord's you know, tempered that, yeah. <laughs> but He's I was like, that, I was like do. that little rebel skater, yeah, you know, yeah. but uh, not, not too honorary. I never got in trouble with the law. So that was good. Yeah. Uh, did you go to college then or did you? Yeah. Yeah. I went to Mount Hood Community College okay. for a couple of years altogether. Yeah. What was your, what was your hopes and dreams of college? What were you going for? You know, I didn't really know I was going. I just went, uh, and my whole family is like, Hey, you go to college. So just, sure. just you know, went and, uh, yeah, what I what one one uh, not college, but one instrument instrumental moment in my life, um, education wise, was uh, stumbling into uh, this Bible school uh, in the early '90s. Uh, in 1992, I went to the Great Commission School, and that was a non-accredited uh, live-in discipleship, full Bible immersion school. Wow, uh, nine months, just intensive, uh, you know, two or three 90-minute uh, classes a day, and. Uh, yeah, you, you you would systematically study the the Bible, and yeah, that was that uh, was Steve Gregg's brainchild. He's still a Bible answer man down in uh, Santa Cruz, and uh, you can you know you can Google narrow the narrow path Steve Gregg with three G's, and you'll find him. He wrote a few uh, books uh, by Nelson Publishers, but uh, anyway, uh, I'm really really grateful for that that formation. Uh, it was uh, kind of a greenhouse effect for me in my my early, early formation as a, as a, a new believer. So what, uh, who, who, who brought you to the Lord or how did you, did your parents go to church? Yeah. So, so it was interesting. I had kind of the, 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 the yin yang parent parental, uh, uh, my mom, uh, just, uh, still Presbyterian. Like she was pretty much birthed into the Presbyterian church yeah. and she's, she's been a deacon leader in the Presbyterian church. And I was, uh, as a, as a child, we were, I wouldn't even say encouraged. We were we were brought to church by my mom, so we, we went to church on occasion. Like you know, she would pull us into church. I don't know, six to eight times a year. I think that we would we would uh, darken the doors of the Presbyterian Church there Got in Hickmanville. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but I never became a Christian um, going. Uh, I'm sure I heard the message a lot. My mother, you know, she taught me the Lord's Prayer. She taught me. Mm. Um, you know, Psalm 23 by heart. Yeah. Um, so I had, I had like seeds definitely planted by my mother and my mother's so, she's the sweetest woman you'll, you'll ever meet. Sown seeds, Just, man. Yeah. And, love and, a mom. Yeah. and I had a few odd relatives praying, I'm sure for me, you know, some aunts and stuff, but, uh, but my mother, Carol, yeah, um, hmm. she definitely kind of laid a foundation there for that was easy to walk upon, but I didn't really get it until, um, I was 18, but I had, uh, 
what I consider kind of a radical conversion. Like I, it was really a, just an out of the blue supernatural touch from the Holy Spirit. Um, when I was 18, um, the, I graduated at 17 years old. Um, but when I was 18, uh, really dedicated my life to God. But when I was 17 that summer, or maybe right after my 18th birthday sometime, I had uh, an experience where I was laying in bed uh, in my home in McMinnville, and my parents had just treated me to an amazing graduation um, gift. They they sent me off to Mexico for a week uh, on, on this like high school excursion trip um, right after graduation, which was super fun. Uh, and then I got to go to the first um, uh, High Cascade snowboard camp up on Mount Hood in 1990. And that was just a blast. Um, so I was like flying high off of this experience and laying in bed and just suddenly just filled with gratitude. And then I started bubbling over with joy and then it turned into prayer. And then I, it became so clear that who I was praying to wasn't just, you know, uh, uh, a Santa Claus in the sky, mm -hmm. but the name of Jesus really just was driven home. And it became very clear that I was, connecting not just with god in general but with with jesus christ himself and so i i it was almost an out-of-body experience i felt like i was floating above my bed i was weeping for joy it was like boom i mean it was intense uh and my my prayer was like hey lord i i really don't know you but i want to like whoever you are, Jesus, I want to get to know you, you know, and that was kind of like this, my first authentic, really heart to heart with God. Uh, and, uh, and yeah. And then I, I rode high on that experience for like two weeks. Uh, and then I went off to college and I quickly forgot God and, uh, just got into the party scene, um, there in Gresham and, uh, yeah, yeah just, you know, just smoking weed and drinking and, yeah. you know, and, and trying to score and all that stuff. And, and, uh, yeah, but uh, then I met my friend Wade, who I'm, I'm going to get to see him in a couple weeks here. Sweet, okay. Yeah, so uh, I he wasn't afraid. He was he was actually a complete stranger. I was up at Timberline again, uh, back back uh, where I was this Friday. Uh, I was at Timberline Lodge. I had hitchhiked up because my car was broken down, and I was looking for a ride back. And I I stumbled into a guy who worked at Hillcrest uh, uh, Ski and Sport in Gresham. At that that's a still still a ski shop there, mm -hmm. and. Uh, and he told me, hey, look look for Wade. He'll give you a ride for sure. He's wearing, you know, bright red pants and a green jacket. And I was thinking Christmas, you know? Sweet, <laughs> like, like, <yeah. laughs> so I was snowboarding and I look up and uh, over the lift, you know, sure enough, there's Wade, you know, in the green uh, the green and red. And I, I was like, hey, Wade. And he's like, who are you? And I was like, yeah, you know, so-and-so told me that to, 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 I can get a ride from you. He's like, yeah, wait, wait right there. I'll come ride with you. So he was just riding with me and he was just on fire for, for the Lord. And cool, he, he was just That's like, so cool. he's like, you got to know Jesus. And I was like ripe for the picking because of that experience the mm -hmm. summer prior. Yeah. And so on that lift chair, he's just like, yeah, he, I was just absorbing everything he was saying. And he invited me to go um, uh, actually crash at his place with his friend Clint. Uh, Clint Beetleman was one of the two guys who founded uh, Skate Church in Portland. Mm -hmm. And uh, with Paul Anderson was the other guy. Yeah. And so there's a ministry to this day called Skate Church in Portland. And, and uh, Clint was one of the two founders. He passed away uh, in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, that yeah, but he he knew he was going to pass because he uh trans he he actually had a bad blood transfusion from yeah. uh, uh getting 
AIDS blood transfused into his into his body from a motorcycle wreck. Mm. And this was in the 80s before the blood testing machine. So totally, yeah. anyway, so he was like, he and Wade just tag teamed and, and uh, really led me to the Lord. So That's um, so cool. And you yeah. were 18, 19 here? Yeah, I was 18. 18. Uh, yeah, 18. Okay. It was, uh, yeah. That was uh, at that, that was early, early 1991. Yeah, um, yeah, and then uh, and then in '92 I went to Great Commission School, and um, but part of my story is pretty interesting. Uh, it's a little bit wild. <laughs> so fire away, man. We got time. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Um, so when I was 15, I had uh, a psychotic break, like like big psychotic break. So I, uh, I still to this day don't know, know exactly all like the, the recipe that, that caused that, that initial, um, mental breakdown, but I had gone down to Del Mar, uh, down to California with my parents on spring break when I was 15. Uh, they took me to Del Mar skate ranch, which is, uh, like in my mind, just super built up. That was where Tony Hawk cut his teeth and all okay. these, all these guys, um, back in the day from California, they're like Del Mar was there stomping grounds. And so I wanted to go there and skate and I skated there, had a blast, came back. But the second I got back home, I just collapsed and, uh, was, was just inconsolably crying, um, not making sense to my parents at all. And they could not console me. And so, uh, they took me to the hospital there in McMinnville and, uh, they, that, that experience was, was <laughs> frightening, uh, to put it in the yeah. least because, I I was out of my mind. I was delusional. I thought that the the nurses and doctors were trying to kill me. Um, at one point, I became uh, I guess violent. I was uh, I t was told later I was throwing nurses across the room at like 15 years old. I, I wasn't like a bodybuilder. Yeah. So so I had all this like uh, you know I had this this dark dark experience and I was tranquilized. Uh, I, I still remember this day that the the dream that I had when I was tranquilized. I, um, I was basically trapped in a, um, a really, really old kind of picture like nightmare on Elm street kind of yeah. like house. I was trapped inside this old house with these bars on the windows. I was looking out and I could just see epochs of time passing before me. So like whole generations of time, like hundreds and thousands of years. And I was just trapped inside, inside this thing. And, uh, uh, yeah, in retrospect, it was definitely demonic. This, I was going to say, this, uh, sounds experience. very demonic. It was, yeah, it took, for for lack of better words. Sure. Yeah. So, so I, um, I'm one of the for, for, maybe the only guy you're going to interview on a podcast that will say, "Hey, I've been in a straitjacket against my will." Okay. So, so I was escorted. You're the first one, man. Yeah, uh, I was. Just, I was put in a straitjacket, uh, driven 15. in, a, it, driven up to Portland to a clinic. Um, put her in a padded cell, the whole nine yards, right? Pump full of psych meds and, um, you know, quote unquote, stabilized from that, yeah. uh, from a medical standpoint. So that was like extremely frightening at 15 years old, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and it took me out like for a full year of, uh, the rest of that high school year was gone. Like, I don't even know if I was in, if I was able to to reassimilate till the next year. And my junior year- Cause that was your I, sophomore year? Yeah, my okay. junior year- I, uh, I did stabilize enough, but I still, still remember like weeping in the hallways. Like I was like, uh, they were like, man, 
you know, Matt is different, like, like leave him alone. Right? Yeah. So I, I, and, but my, by my senior year, I was back at it. I was, I was, um, somewhat, I was just a normal kid at that point. Yeah. So, um, and I'm sure I was off psych meds by that time. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, that was one of my two psychotic breaks I've had. And the second one was after, um, I was, uh, saved or, you know, yeah. actually I consider my save, myself saved back at Calvary. <laughs> so, totally. Yeah. 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 Amen. yeah. yeah. But, totally. uh, but as far as my conversion goes, totally. you know, like after I was convert, converted, mm -hmm. I also had, uh, uh, in 1991, I had a, another psychotic break and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I ended up back in the hospital. It, uh, I was definitely out of my, out of my mind, um, for a short amount of time. I mean, I thought, I thought I was supposed to save Bob Marley. This is a funny little side, okay, side yeah. note. So I, um, I filled a bathtub full of scalding hot water and immersed myself so I could replicate hell in, uh, and, and go after Bob Marley and somehow save him. So I was just, uh, and I thought, you know, food would give me power. I thought the TV was talking to me. I was really gone. It's really so, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up again, uh, back in a clinic for a few, two, at least two weeks, um, and, uh, back on psych meds. And so how many years was that after your first one? So, yeah, that was, uh, so my first one was 15, 15. second, second one, I was, um, 19. 19. Yeah. So about a year into your conversion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yep. But there was a lot more of a hyper-spiritualized kind of Well, Satan focus. fighting for your soul. I mean, is that, can you look back and go, you know what, that was a satanic, demonic, Absolutely, Satan, yeah. Satan fighting for your soul. In a yeah, way. yeah. The thing is, um, and this is, I'm just in full transparency because I don't, we love I don't like to hide anything want. at all. So when at 15, I yeah. believe I was demon possessed. Yeah. Um, uh, I I remember when they uh, when they're trying to like hold me down and tranquilize me. Yeah. I, I remember saying in a voice that wasn't my own. I am invincible. You cannot defeat me out loud to these, you know, orderlies. <laughs> and so, wow. um, yeah, feeling that out of control of yourself and like, like, mm. yeah, I, I, ha I have what I refer to as some help from below. <laughs> so, wow, yeah. yeah, so that, that was that experience. I think, um, some of the portals that I think opened up, uh, that demonic pathway when I was 15 or yeah. maybe before was that I was introduced to, to marijuana at like 12 years old. Yeah. So I was smoking weed, not all the time, but, uh, but when you smoke weed at a young age, it's, it's very detrimental to your brain to, uh, yeah. and I'd say to your spirit too. Um, and then I also dabbled in a Ouija board when I was a kid. So I think that was there definitely, yeah. uh, um, That's interesting. uh, an occultic thing. So I, I, I think that, that has something to do with it and I don't know, um, the rest, but I don't need to know. I, I trust the Lord. So the, yeah, but and the but, Lord save you from that. That's yeah, so amazing. But the second experience was demonic oppression more than uh, it wasn't possession. I don't believe a believer can be possessed. That's right. They can only be oppressed. Yeah. So, um, good word. Yeah. There's, there's a distinction and I know that firsthand. Uh, and then also I'd say, you know, just, just to be respectful of everyone out there, uh, listening that, Everyone's story is different. Yeah. I'm not saying that all all mental illness is demonic, uh, and uh, there's a place and time for medication. There's a place and time for like like for sure treatment. I'm a big fan of of counseling and and yeah. um, but I'm also a big a huge fan now of of being uh, of practicing things in your life that will bring you wellness, whether spiritually, physically, emotionally, um, any any area of your life. If you're if you're practicing daily. Uh, I call them disciplines for lack of, of better words, yeah. whether what you're eating or what you're taking in your mind, your art, your, your, your heart, your eyes, um, your spirit, 
it, it all affects us. We're holistic beings. So, um, but anyway, in respect to everyone out there, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I've been completely what I call drug free, uh, off psych meds for like, like forever. I mean, ha more than half my life. Yeah. How, yeah. how old are you right now, Matthew? I'm 51. 51. Mm -hmm. So yeah, roughly 30 plus years. Yeah. But that journey, that second time around, uh, that, that struggle with, with, uh, mental unwellness, um, it was not an easy, quick, like, uh, path to recovery. It took me a few years. Yeah. And part of that, I, I was on meds. Part of that, I was in in what's called the program. That second time around really took me out of society for a few years. Really? Yeah. So I was I was like um, in the mental system, so to speak. You know, I, I wasn't even able to hold a job. I had to be through, um, you know, uh, the mental uh, health system in McMinnville. They would like place me with short-time jo jobs. I was on SSI. I was really out, down and out. It's amazing um, where you're at today because now you snow ski, you're married. Take your kids on great vacations. You have an amazing job. Oh, I'm grateful for everything too. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you want to, yeah, I am. I'm also grateful for the hardest times of my life. You know, it, mm. I, I feel like the Lord really takes um, <laughs> the hardest things in our life and just transforms them into into beauty if we let Him. If we if we learn through these things and if we grow. I mean, I've been, you know. I mentioned I've been married to Hannah for six years, and, yeah, and yeah. Um, but you know the the mother of my kids, uh, she left me, you know, seven years into our marriage. So um, that's another part of my story. I've got these, when, you know, oh, these when moments in my life that are really pivotal. Yeah. So after this period of time from nineteen to twenty three ish, maybe mm -hmm. when did you get married the first time? Yeah. So the first time, um, actually, there's there's one quick little. Now, well, it was only six months, uh, uh, an event in my life that really also also really helped me, and that was uh, YWAM. So in, in 1998, um, I went to Youth with a Mission, and uh, uh, <laughs> I feel a little embarrassed like saying I was really serving the Lord, because at that point, it was more about the adventure. Sure. Uh, That's okay, though. It was. God it was, uses all of us. He, he does. So I was like... Uh, so Steve Gregg uh, was also a visiting teacher to Youth with a Mission in Hawaii. So in, in Honolulu, in particular, with Danny Lehman, who who ran, uh, maybe still does run the Honolulu base of of Youth with a Mission, yeah. which is like I think it's the second largest missionary organization in the world. Yeah, it's big. My daughter went on one too. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, so you know about yeah, she went to Australia and. Yeah so, Europe, so, yeah, so I went to a DTS, which is a discipleship training school uh, in Hawaii. Uh, so I was there for three and a half months in Honolulu uh, in the in the training segment, and then went to Fiji for two and a half months. Uh, that was so your outreach, really suffering for the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that was uh, a, a, an absolute wonderful time, and it really opened my my eyes to other cultures and and uh, and and the adventure that can be. You know, walking with the Lord can be quite quite the adventure. Um, so, Can be, yeah. Yeah. So that, the, you know, so I came back from that in early 1999 and then uh, I met the mother of my kids uh, in 1999 in May, married her in December of the same year. Okay. So uh, that was, you know, <laughs> what it was. Yeah. Uh, we started having kids right away um, and, you know, uh, I think she was so young, you know, she was 19 when we met, 20 when we married and, um, and really didn't, you would have been know herself mid to so, late twenties at that time. Yeah, I was. I was like twenty seven. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, twenty eight. Right yeah. there. Okay. And uh, yeah, and so 
Yeah, we have uh, three beautiful sons. Yeah, and, uh, she's remarried and lives in Central Oregon, and yeah. uh, has a good life, and yeah. and uh, married a, married a believer, which I'm really thankful for. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, but that uh, the the part of that that's interesting, I think, is that um, when she left, I really felt like God was saying, "Wait and pray for mm. her, and wait and wait and pray," yeah. and 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 I was really I'd, I had a one thing I was like. I, I am praying for restoration, praying for uh, you know reconciliation with my wife, and for it to just work, uh, and and to, you know to have that intact family was so high in, mm-hmm. in my in my heart and mind, and I believe I was doing the right thing, but I, I stayed that course for six years. I was single, celibate, like focused for six years, yeah. and I, I would have kept going, I think, but the Lord's like, hey, enough. She she's not going to come back. And so at that point, I, I um, you know, began to move on and um, into relationships. It's pretty cool but, that you remained faithful, though, in a really difficult time. And God was with you during that time, too, as you remained faithful. It, yeah, it was. It was a crucible for me. It uh, really, yeah. he, he taught me some things he could, couldn't otherwise have mm. done. So um, even those hardest times in our lives, I think he's, he's especially close um, if we let him. It's like the Psalm 23, you, you said it too, is, yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It is a shadow. It's not the real death. Yeah. And God's with us the whole way through. Absolutely. And I don't think you could appreciate where you're at now if you hadn't gone through that. It wouldn't mean anything. Nope. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful every single day. <laughs> well, and back to some of those episodes you had, you know, being in darkness, mm-hmm. um, God transfers us from darkness into light. And he, this is a story. This is this is what he did for you. It's what he did for me. Absolutely. I, I was doing the same I stuff. I didn't do a Ouija board, but I was certainly smoking weed at twelve. Yeah, uh, I was introduced early on, so yeah. I can identify for sure. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm just I'm I'm really grateful. I know you mm-hmm. know I've got the most lovely I, wife. I think I gratitude like, though is great medication. Oh yeah. I mean, just you know, wherever God's taking you. You're not angry. You're grateful. Because you can choose to be angry. Why did this happen to me? You know, you can blame the Lord. You can blame your ex-wife. You can blame yeah. whatever. But you don't. No, no. Uh, blame doesn't do anyone any good. And, and neither Well, it just does, means you're you know. a victim, really. Yeah. And you're not a victim. No, I've, I've never... Um, I've never struggled with bitter, bitterness or resentment in my entire life. Like, I've had little moments where, you know, I've, I've definitely been wronged by others and it hurts, but I don't hold on to any of that. Um, I never have, I just can't, it just like, it steals all my peace and, mm. and joy and, and, uh, forgiveness is the most beautiful thing. It's not, it's not, you're not saying what, what another person did to you is okay. You're just saying, I choose to release you from any, anything that, that you may owe me That's at right. all. And it's like, it's incredible. Um, but gratitude, one of my favorite verses is, uh, we will enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And it's been, that's been a pathway into the presence of God for, forever for me. Hmm. It's like, you want to, you want to feel peace, just take that path and you'll be in the presence of the King in a very short amount of time. So it's cool. Mm -hmm. So you go through this period of time where you're, you know, waiting Mm -hmm. and God says time to move on. How how soon until you get married to Hannah? Yeah, so that's a that was a rocky road. So I, 
I actually went from that, from hearing the Lord say, hey, she, you know, she's never going to come back. You can you can move forward to like, I went straight to online dating, met a gal, went through the same, like met her. This was wild. So I met her, we married, uh, and she left all within six months. So I had like a, a marriage that was annulled. That <laughs> was crazy. And uh, from that, I... I tried to find love uh, in you back in Eugene. I yeah. moved down to Eugene, and um, yeah, I, I, I dated a doctor for a couple of years, and uh, we got engaged, uh, and then it just unraveled really fast. Um, uh, her her dad passed, and just b- between that and some other circumstances, it was just like whew, it just completely collapsed. Yeah, so that was tough. Um, I yeah, I I thought that I would never love someone more than that. Uh, and then, you know, it took, I, I decided to just really take a step back after that mm-hmm. and, um, give myself some time to heal. Um, and before I started dating again, and then, um, you know, I dated a, a little bit off and on for probably a year different. I, I just was going on dates trying to find Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, through eHarmony, I, 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 uh, Hannah and I met, um, and, uh, and uh, our first date was, uh, I think, November 17th, uh, 2017. Okay. And uh, yeah, and just, it really quickly became clear to me, like, she is the one and uh, and you're lucky to have her. <laughs> how did so. you know she's the one? Because that's always the question, you know. Yeah. How do you know? I've got two daughters and one's married, one's looking. Sure. Uh, but how do you know, how do you know she's the one or... He's the one. How would Hannah know you're the one? You know, I'd say that's a loaded question, buddy. That's <laughs> another episode, but <laughs> right? right. Uh, give us your best yeah, answer. Yeah, we'd go then, like uh, uh, seven hours on love alone. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, however, I think one of the indicators is when you when you are in alignment, when you're both two whole, healthy individuals, and you're you're content within your own self. Yeah. Uh, then that's that's the recipe for healthy relationships in general. And then when you are both heading in the in the, the same direction you're, you're both heading towards the lord and what he has for you then you're 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 walking side by side with someone versus like looking for someone else to complete you so neither of us were looking for the other to complete us yeah we were we were like hey we're we're heading the same we're on the same path here and then i would i would add the fact that we became it became clear that we were becoming best friends and if you can have that element of just deep friendship, I had to ask myself, like, who could I, A, you know, wake up next to every day and 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 love seeing her face? And B, like, I never knew that it was possible to have your very best friend be your your partner. And mm. so that that combination just it, it's wonderful. We just have such a rich relationship. And I think both of us coming from broken past relationships yeah. really have helped us to appreciate each other. Yeah. And so our our house is just full of of gratitude for each other and wow. and appreciation and um yeah, love, right? Just read First Corinthians 13 and you know, it, it, that's, you know, if you if you if you can intentionally love another and they're loving you, that I mean, and mm. it's been fantastic. I mean, it's you would think that we're over that honeymoon stage six years in, or not. We're just like we're more in love with each other than we've ever been. So it's funny. My my wife was she listens, and we listen to marriage podcasts or whatever. But she was listening to, um, uh, some podcast, 
But basically, husband and wife, A, should be dating and flirting throughout their marriage at 90 to 95% of the time. I'm like, that sounds like us. Because it's fun. Yeah. I mean, we're 32 years into marriage and, you know, I'm sure there's times where, you know, life got in the way, but we're empty nesters and kids moved out. And so the good news is we still have fun and we flirt and and really have fun. Yeah. She's my best friend. Good. That's wonderful. That's, that's what it's all about. Well, that's, man, what God has done in your life is nothing short of miraculous, really. Mm -hmm. And for you to unpack that and be really transparent, it's really cool. What's, uh, I mean, you guys are, you and Hannah are empty nesters, really, because your boys live on their own or do? Yeah, we're almost there. Uh, my oldest moved back for a little bit. He's taking a little break from college. He's only two terms away um, from a language degree at U of O. So uh, he's close, but uh, yeah, he's with us. And then, and he's, uh, you know, he's easygoing. Totally. uh, Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's dive in a little bit into Cutco. I want to hear a little bit more about Cutco. What caused you to make Cutco the place you've been for the last what, 24 years? Yeah, not straight. I mean, my 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 history with Cutco, I, I started selling Cutco in 1993. Okay. Uh, um, in the Tigard, Oregon branch office. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Steve Miller, if you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I just, I was there, you know, it didn't take a lot to be their top rep back then. So I think I sold like 10,000 or something for a summer, my first summer. And yeah. I was like, woohoo, I, you know, won you some won. stuff. Uh-huh. And, I, you know, and um Anyhow, so that's how I got my start with Cutco, but I, I, I left Cutco after that um, pretty much until 2000. I came back in 2000. Okay. I was at 23,000 in sales in 2000. So, um, and that's when I met uh, my manager, Isaac Tolpin at the time. I met Tony Carlston, who now runs uh, the uh, Brandy Tools, which engraves 90% of the Cutco nationwide. Yeah. Uh, and and so, yeah, so I, I, I started selling Cutco residentially. Um, uh, initially. So in 2000, until the inception of the, of the gifting program in 2006, I, I simply sold in homes. And then I, uh, Tony said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm working with realtors here and, uh, they're buying gifts for me. So I started dabbling in that mm-hmm. and I dabbled in that for, for you know, for years. So I, I kind of dipped my toes in the residential. I was considered a top rep, but I wasn't, fun, I wasn't phenomenal by any any uh, modern standards whatsoever, uh, but I kept 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 at it. I was like, you know, the, the uh, Energizer Bunny just kept, yeah. kept going, keep going, kept you know, accruing sales, and um, had a few awards along the way and stuff, um, which I consider minor. But there, anyway, so I uh, kept doing that, and then um, I kind of reached a plateau, and I just burned out uh, in around twenty. What was it? 2015? Yeah. So 2015, or, yeah, 2014, I stopped uh, at the end of 2014, I stopped selling Cutco entirely. 2015, I uh, went into the solar industry and 2015, 16, I worked um, for Elon Musk's uh, solar company, Solar City, for two years. Wow. And I let, uh, I let Tony and his team follow up with my clients for those two years. Um, and I just focused on solar and I helped about a hundred homeowners, uh, go solar in that time. It was, and that was, uh, my dip into corporate America into, you know, sell quota or get fired. Uh, okay. uh, it was like, it was, it Do was definitely, uh, yeah, a fire, Okay, <laughs> a, a crucible. It was good. It was a great time. I had a company car. I, I was successful, but I watched about half the sales force get fired for not hitting quota. And, and I was like, wow, I want to take a vacation. I'm going to dip here. You know, and they're like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta stay and, and hit your quota. 
And so after two years, I was like, nope, this is not for me. Uh, I loved working in the industry. I, I really appreciate the solar industry. But um, someone telling me to, you know, hit hit a number or you're fired just wasn't wasn't aligning with it's who not I motivating, am. Motivating, is it? No. <laughs> so I was like, adios. So I went back to Cutco, um, and I instead of um, starting my own team within, so the Cutco closing gifts had really developed at that point into a full blown national program, and so I decided. You know, I could could build my own team here, but instead I, I decided to join the top team, uh, Sharp Retention, and uh, I was already paying Adam uh, Sobieski to coach me. And so uh, I decided to join their team, and that was a really good move. I started growing at 20% compounding, and I did that for five years straight. So it was like this mediocre rise to yeah. um, to being becoming a top performer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been great. So um that's yeah. That's the nutshell version. Now I'm I'm doing both business gifts and uh, cutco closing gifts. So I'm working. I, I, I've served about a, a thousand realtors and loan officers over the years, and um, I've started adding builders. Uh, I joined the Builders Association here in Oregon, so I'm I'm really um, making inroads with that community. And yeah, yeah, it's exciting. But um, you know, one thing I, I I'm waiting for you to ask about yeah. is like the whole morning routine thing. Cause I, well, I'm getting there. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so no, no, I'm just, uh, I'm like, I'm just geeking out on, on, on the whole morning routine and how, yeah. Yeah. Let's, it, let's, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, I'll end on, I mean, Cutco is amazing. Oh, and I product. love Cutco, by the way, I'm, I'm the biggest yeah, believer. You, I've, you I've, I've sold in. three, $3.6 million with this stuff. I, I, yeah. I love, yeah. love Cutco. And really you started in 1993. You've been doing it more than 30 years, maybe quit here, quit there, but You've been yeah. at it for a very long time. Long time, yeah. But one of the very first books I ever read on the morning routine was Hal Elrod, Miracle Morning. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really got involved in, hey, this miracle, this morning routine is important. So walk us through kind of what you're talking about. Um, what's, your what's your morning routine look like? Mm -hmm. Does it have anything to do with Hal Elrod being at Cutco or is this something all on your own? So I, yeah, I, I met Hal, Hal when he was with Cutco and and watched him as a as a top performer, winning awards, and you know I, I, I'd fly down to California and and compete, and 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 he was just always this top performer, and I always respected him, and his story is fantastic. If you haven't read Miracle Morning, just do. It's it's a bestseller for a reason. It's a must read uh, book. It is. It's one of those game changers, and if you don't have a morning routine, this will help you focus in on that for sure. And um, and yeah, so, so my pathway to a morning routine really started with, with, uh, the miracle morning as well. Um, but it's evolved, I'd say from, from, yeah. uh, to this day. And so, um, uh, my morning routine, like it's always being refined. I'm always looking to tweak it because, uh, I call, I call it the set of the sale, how you start your day is kind of how the trajectory of your day is going to go. And, um, for me, I, I wake up around six and I'm, I've been really, geeking out lately um, in the last year, I'd say on uh, spiritual disciplines more. So spending time in solitude, spending time um, with God in the quiet um, is really a part of my morning routine. I have, have changed things up. And so instead of waking up and going right into solitude and right into prayer, I, I decided that my mind, my body needs to be uh, uh, really alert and my mind sharp um, and so I've just, I have an elliptical in my, uh, garage and I have a, uh, infrared sauna in my garage. Um, so 
uh, a typical day will be getting either on the elliptical or doing, you know, yoga, stretching, uh, uh, as well as um, some strength training. I kind of alternate what I'm doing physically, but then um, three days a week, I'm going into that sauna and it's just, I don't bring it, I don't bring any, my phone in there or anything. I just, it's just pure quiet, mm. pure solitude. It's, it's a very quiet environment by nature being inside of a sauna. So I, I even dim the lights outside and it's just an awesome time. I highly recommend getting uh, infrared sauna. So you're doing heat therapy and then I finish my showers on cold. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm around two minutes uh, cold shower finish per day. So I do 11 minutes per week uh, at least in cold and then uh, three, three 30 minute sessions on the, on the, in the sauna. But this morning I did the sauna and the cold finish. I feel like a million bucks. I'll bet you do. It's awesome. Is there a certain uh, temperature of the hot that you like? Well, my my sauna I got I got for uh, cheap um, on Craigslist, like four hundred dollars used sauna. So it doesn't crank up as hot as I'd like it. I, I get it to about one twenty, uh, and it won't really go above that. But uh, yeah, when I get another sauna someday, I mean, it, it'll I'll probably crank it up to one thirty. Okay, nice. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say reading is a part of my morning routine. Uh, this year, mm. I haven't read through the Bible, in, you know, to my shame, in, in like since since Great Commission School in 1992, like the whole thing in a year, and that was kind of spoon spoon fed me. So this this year, uh, my wife and I have decided to read through the scriptures in their entirety, uh, and it's been interesting. <laughs> I just gotta say, also, it's uh, it's just uh, the Old Testament is so foreign to me. Uh, compared to the new, yeah, and, and so uh, I'm grappling with questions um, that I haven't really delved into fully. You know, who is this God of Moses? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so yeah, it's just just wrestling with questions. I think is, is a great thing to do. It's um, totally great. Yeah. Journaling should be part of a, a routine as well. I, I have a journal app that I'm, I'm uh, developed. Like, I haven't developed it, but I'm learning to use it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's called One Day, and uh, it's a good one. But interesting. Yeah, so I'd say just piecing together what's important to you from, you know, from from solitude, uh, prayer and meditation, physical exercise. I'd say water should be a part of that. Just like Hal was saying, just drink water first thing. So I yeah. drink, I drink a ton of water in the morning. Sweet. And um, my mind needs all the my mind and spirit needs all the help they can get, and my body. So Amen. I try to just. Uh, yeah, I'm not a poster child, but I try to, to yeah. continually to to improve in those areas because it's everything wants to pull you away from anything that's going to do you good. Yeah. <laughs> if you miss a morning and not do your routine, how's it make you feel? <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> Don't go there. Okay. No. It's, it's that bad. Yeah. But I'd, I'd say that no amount of coffee can possibly wake you up as much as the, as the, the heat and cold therapy. Like people are trying to caffeinate themselves all the time. Yeah. Just forget about that. Like I'm thinking just going decaf because coffee does like nothing compared to what this routine does like, yeah. at all. Um, but I'd say if I miss it, it's, I definitely feel it and, um, in a negative way. Yeah. Uh, does your body ache? I mean, are you, as you get older, do you feel like your lower back or your joints hurt? Uh, I know sugar has a, plays a big part in how you feel. Mm -hmm. How are you doing with like your diet and stuff as well? Well, I have to thank Hannah and, and the Lord uh, for for the <laughs> diet factor. She she's a fantastic cook, and okay. she's really that's one of the things that really draw <laughs> drew us together. Not just her cooking, but uh, the fact that we're both really serious about what we take in. Um, so we buy all organic. We cook at home almost not not exclusively. We love to go out to eat too, but we're careful with what we eat in general. Yeah. Sometimes we cheat, and but we do that with you know 
we know what we're doing. <laughs> we're okay, gonna yeah. we're gonna eat that cookie and enjoy it. Yeah, because, yeah. So I'm not terribly strict, but I get it. Uh, but yeah, this uh, for Lent, uh, I've never really d- given up anything for Lent, yeah. and so this year I'm giving up cheese or, or actually all all dairy uh, for 40 days. But it's kind of there's a dietary reason for it too. I'm like okay. uh, like uh, my indigestion, like my 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 gut health needs some some work. So it's a two I'm, for I'm, one. It is a two for one. Serve yeah. the Lord in. Get some good health. Yeah, but but I think uh, yeah, diet is extremely important. Um, I once read. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the book. Um, it's not Compound Effect, but the other one, um, The Slight Edge. Have you read that book? I have actually. It's been a long time ago. So in the preface to The Slight Edge, he says we dig our graves with our teeth, and I thought, oh my word, that is going to stick with me for the rest of my life. Mm. So um, you know my my. I've got I've got a, a, every reason in the world to 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 be healthy. I want to live a long. I don't want to live just a long lo- life. I want a lo- long, healthy life to be there for my grandsons and or granddaughters, and uh, not that I have any yet, but I want to be there for them. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it's a. Uh, I think it's 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 good to take care of ourselves, and mm. and we're. I also love to enjoy you know, all the sports, and I want to do that in my old age. So yeah. it's not going to come without intentionality. But to answer your joint question. I don't, I don't have a ton of joint pain. Um, I, I do have a little bit of aches and pains. I, uh, I'm carrying a little extra weight, so I need to, my low back is affected because of okay, that. Okay. I was wondering, uh, I mean, you look like you're in great shape, but I'm, a, I'm, I've got a few pounds I need to shed and my lower back often uh, hurts. Oh yeah. I'd say, uh, core strength is what is, is what I need to work on okay. for, for low back. But I also hurtle myself off a of jump still snowboarding. So, uh, some of my soreness. Uh, you're still late. twenty, and your your brain says you're still twenty. Your body says no, you're fifty. Oh yeah, I was in the I was in the park uh, at Timberline jumping off those kickers with my son. Oh yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, consequences are high in your fifties. Totally, totally, <laughs> totally. Anyhow, well, dude, this has been a lot of fun, Matthew. I, yeah. I really appreciate you coming down, being on the podcast, and really being transparent. You know, I never know where conversations will go, and you know, let the Lord lead and. Yeah. And I uh, really pray for transparency for, for me and for you. Um, nobody's perfect and we all have stuff. And uh, so yeah, I really appreciate that. Well, hey, it's President's Day. So uh, uh, are you going to work the rest of the day or are you going to take the rest of the day off? I, I am going to work the rest of the day. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, yep. N- not for the sake of any president, but just uh, <laughs> got to get my touches in. <laughs> got to do it, man. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, hey, thank you all for listening uh, to this podcast uh, with Matthew. Hopefully you enjoyed it. You learned something. If you ever want to reach out to Matthew, Matthew, what's the best way for somebody to find you? I think go to my website, uh, everlastingknives.com. Yeah. That has my phone number right on it. And uh, anyone's welcome to call or text me that hears this. And yeah. uh, they could email me at Matthew with two T's at sharpretention.com. Yeah. Uh, but my phone number is 503-740-3958. So I got to say the whole Cutco experience has been awesome. Our clients love the knives and all the different pizza cutters or whatever we have. So, and like my wife and I, we've had our Cutco set for, I don't know, 25 years, maybe. I couldn't even tell you. In fact, I think you sharpened them recently. Yeah. So thank you for that. You're welcome. uh, Well, again, thank you for listening uh, this week and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. Thank you all for taking the time each week to be encouraged challenged and loved. Remember what Jesus said? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. My hope and prayer is that you believe the words of Jesus. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much.